Here are some excerpts from William Bradford's writings about the Indian they called Squanto in 1622. Now, William Bradford, who lived from 1590 to 1657, was a Puritan separatist, he was a pilgrim, who moved to Leiden in the the Netherlands around 1608, and then later traveled on the Mayflower to Cape Cod. His history, called Of Plymouth Plantation, which he wrote between 1630 and 1651, is based on his journal of events from 1620 to 1646. In March of 1621, a representative of the Sachem Massasoit, named Samoset, visited Plymouth which the pilgrims had established on the ruins of a Wampanoag village called Patuxet. In April, the original governor, John Carver, died abruptly of fever. Bradford was elected governor and held that position off and on until 1656. I've restricted the passages here to those that are related to Tisquantum or Squanto who became an ally of the pilgrims and is typically remembered in our Thanksgiving traditions as the good Indian who helped the English colonists survive their first couple of years. Squanto was a Patuxet, a native of the village that the pilgrims had settled upon, who had been captured and sold into slavery as a boy, but after many years had made his way back to his home, only to discover that his people had all died of disease. Squanto had learned English while in Europe and England, so he was a valuable ally to the pilgrims as an interpreter and as a guide. This is the account from Bradford. His name was Samoset. He told them also of another Indian whose name was Squanto, a native of this place who had been in England and could speak better English than himself. They made way for the coming of the great sachem called Massasoit, who about four or five days after came with the chief of his friends and other attendants, with the aforesaid Squanto, with whom, after friendly entertainment and some gifts given him, they made a peace with him, which has now continued this 24 years. Squanto continued with them and was their interpreter. He directed them how to set their corn, where to take fish, and to procure other commodities. He was a native of this place, and scarce any left alive besides himself. He was carried away with diverse others by one Hunt, a master of a ship, who thought to sell them for slaves in Spain. They now began to dispatch the ship, the Mayflower, away, which brought them over. The beginning of April, this would be 1621. Afterwards, they, as many as were able, began to plant their corn, in which service Squanto stood them in good stead, showing them both the manner how to set it, and after how to dress and tend it. Some English seed they sowed, as wheat and peas, but it came not to good, either by the badness of the seed, or lateness of the season, or both, or some other defect. Thus, their peace and acquaintance was pretty well established with the natives about them. And there was another Indian called Hobamak come to live amongst them, a proper lusty man and a man of account for his valor and parts amongst the Indians, and continued very faithful and constant to the English until he died. He and Squanto being gone upon business among the Indians, at their return 
whether it was out of envy to them or malice to the English, there was a sachem called Corbitant, allied to Massasoit, but never any good friend to the English to this day, met with them at an Indian town called Namasacket, 14 miles to the west of this place, and began to quarrel with them and offered to stab Hobomack. But being a lusty man, he cleared himself of them and came running, all sweating, and told the governor what had befallen him. And he feared they had killed Squanto, for they threatened them both, and for no other cause but because they were friends to the English and serviceable unto them. Upon this, the governor taking counsel, it was conceived not fit to be born, for if they should suffer their friends and messengers thus to be wronged, they should have none would cleave to them, or give them any intelligence, or do them service afterwards. Whereupon it was resolved to send the captain and fourteen men, well armed, and go and fall upon them in the night. And if they found that Squanta was killed, to cut off Corbitant's head, but not to hurt any but those that had a hand in it. Hobomack was asked if he would go and be their guide, and bring them there before day. He said he would, and bring them to the house where the man lay, and show them which was he. So they set forth the 14th of August, and beset the house round. The captain, giving charge to let none pass out, entered the house to search for him. But he was gone away that day. So they missed him, but understood that Squanto was alive, and that he had only threatened to kill him, and made an offer to stab him, but did not. So they withheld and did no more hurt, and the people came trembling and brought them the best provisions they had. After they were acquainted by Hobomack, what was only intended. There were three sore wounded, which broke out of the house and essayed to pass through the guard. These they brought home with them, and they had their wounds dressed and cured and sent home. After this, they had many congratulations from diverse sachems and much firmer peace. Yea, those of the islands of Capawack sent to make friendship, and this Corbitant himself used the mediation of Massasoit to make his peace. After this, the 18th of September, they sent out their sloop to the Massachusetts, that is the Massachusetts tribe, with ten men and Squanto for their guide and interpreter, to discover and view that bay and trade with the natives the which they performed and found kind entertainment. The people were very much afraid of the Tarentans, a people to the eastward, which used to come in harvest time and take away their corn, and many times kill their persons. They returned in safety and brought home a good quantity of beaver and made report of the place. This ship, called the Fortune, was speedily dispatched away, being laden laden with good clabbered, that is, oak staves, that they used to make barrels, as full as she could stow, and two hogsheads of beaver and otter skins, which they got with a few trifling commodities brought with them at first, being altogether unprovided for trade. Neither was there any amongst them that ever saw a beaver skin till they came here and were informed by Squanto. The freight was an 
the freight was estimated to be worth near 500 pounds. But by the former passages and other things of like nature, they began to see that Squanto sought his own ends and played his own game by putting the Indians in fear and drawing gifts from them to enrich himself, making them believe he could stir up war against whom he would and make peace for whom he would. Yea, he made them believe they kept the plague buried in the ground and could send it amongst whom they would, which did much to terrify the Indians and made them depend more on him and seek more to him than to Massasoit, which procured him envy and had like to have cost him his life. For after the discovery of his practices, Massasoit sought it, that is his life, both privately and openly, which caused him to stick close to the English and never durst go from them till he died. They also made good use of the emulation, that is the competition, that grew between Hobomack and him. And the governor seemed to countenance the one and the captain the other, by which they had better intelligence and made them both more diligent. Captain Standish was appointed to go with them and Squanto for a guide and interpreter about the latter end of September. This would be 1622. But the winds put them in again and putting out the second time, he fell sick of a fever, so the governor went himself. But they could not get about the shoulder of Cape Cod for flats and breakers. Neither could Squanto direct them better, nor the master durst venture any further. So they put into Manamoyak Bay and got what they could there. In this place, Squanto fell sick of an Indian fever, bleeding much at the nose, which the Indians take for a symptom of death, and within a few days died there, desiring the governor to pray for him that he might go to the Englishman's God in heaven and bequeathed sundry of his things to sundry of his English friends as remembrances of his love, of whom they had a great loss. So that is William Bradford's perspective on the last years of Squanto's life.